Hello and welcome to Eurovision in Isolation. I'm Phil Smith and here we are in the year 2006. Uh, we have had a World Cup this year, won by Italy, and, and not a lot else really. The world was a calm, silent place with not much news. Eurovision 2006 as such must have been one of the highlights of the year. I, I think so, yes. Especially as it was held in Athens, Greece following Helena Peperitsu's win in 2005. Um, and our hosts tonight are Maria Menounos, a, a presenter and former wrestler, and Sakis Ruvas, someone we will come to cover as a two-time Eurovision entrant. But tonight I am joined once again by four of the greatest Eurovision pundits that my friendship group has to offer. Congratulations, he has arrived. It's Dan Irvin. Hello again, Phil. He's shining so bright, it's Minnie Meyer. Hi, Phil. He's come to save us. It's Alex Smith. Hello there, Phil. And he's a fucking ugly old bitch from Switzerland. It's Simon Rickenback. Oh, I'll take objection to that, really. <laughs> so, five songs from 2006. We will get straight in and listen to... Uh, the hit from Kate Ryan from Belgium. This is Je t'adore. Je t'adore, if my heart's so taken. Je t'adore, only you can break it. You got me falling to the floor. Anyway, you wanna yours. Je t'adore, but you always love So, Mini, to Tador. What is happening in this one? The racist one from S Club 7 sings a generic pop song that sounds very 2002. Unfortunately, it's 2006, so already quite dated. There are microphones on lightsabers, which reminded me of Attack of the Clones because I hated it. And, yeah, it's, it's one of those songs that's so forgettable that... You can't remember how it goes, even when you're in the process of listening to it. There's quite a view, and I, I've got a feeling that some other people might disagree. Let's chuck over to uh, Alex. This is the first song we're listening to on the podcast today. I think this is actually one of the strongest songs of our selection this evening. You know, the, the theme of this podcast is jumping around between decades. I think this is quite a strong, strong effort for... 2006 it's a little bit safe it's a little bit it's a little bit middling but i think when you compare what we were looking at last week in 2017's edition mm -hmm. to this i think this is actually quite strong for the time the choreography is interesting enough to be okay again by the standards of 2006 mm -hmm. the song is okay it's not awful it's not brilliant again it would have come bottom half, bottom five in 2017. I suspect in 2016 this did quite well. I think it's okay. It's not too bad. It's pretty inoffensive compared to some of the other rubbish we've got this evening. I think it's actually okay. I agree what? with Alex. I think this is musically actually very good. Um, I, it, it's probably a bit dated. It's probably not quite 2006 and it's certainly not 2020. But um, 
I, I quite like it. And I know it's quite cheap, but for me, there are bonus points for being in both English and French, mixing up the two languages, especially for a multilingual country like Belgium. I'd, I'd be sort of more positive than both Dan and uh, Alex and Mini. Um, I, uh, I think this is one of the best ones. And I, I disagree that it's forgettable. I think it's really catchy. Um, it's sort of, to me, it's a proper 2000s pop song, like early noughties. Admittedly, it's 2006, so it's not quite early noughties. Mid-noughties, mid-noughties. Yeah, it's, it's kind of post-Britney, this is what we all agree pop music is now, and that's kind of comforting in a way. That, and then you've got the sort of judicious use of the wind machine, um, although interestingly, it doesn't seem to be affecting any, anyone else apart from the sort of the lead singer. I think this is a good effort. I, I, I think it's catchy, and I, I think you... You know, I, for me, this is the one that I'm singing in the shower in the morning. There you go. I think it, I think it's interesting how she manages to look like every single member of uh, of Atomic Kitten all at once. Simon makes a great point. I think that it, it is definitely of its time. And I think what what was music in the noughties? I've just done a quick Google. 2006 best songs, and we've got here. That's my goal. Shame Ward. Mm-hmm. It's Chico Time by Chico. I don't feel like dancing by Scissor Sisters. And patience by take that. So I mean, very much of its time. That kind of noughties, early noughties to mid noughties, safe pop, singing about love, not especially groundbreaking, not especially good, but it's clearly of its era. I thought there was also a, a really brilliant Eurovision camera failure moment that is just absolutely classic. Where there is, it's not even like a, a small cut like we've seen before. There's a full-on sort of three-second bit where. They are just filming, like, looks like the floor backstage uh, <laughs> rather than the actual act. So I shall I shall come on to Dues and Nil Poise, who uh, would like to offer Belgium their, their Nil Poise. Shall we start? No, no one. And their, their Dues Poise. Any Dues Poise? I'm going to go out on a limb here, I think, and I, I am going to give this my deuce for. I think it's it's probably the best song of the night. I, I really like it. I think it's catchy. Um, and it just, I don't know, it speaks to me. It's like wholesome pop music. It's like, you know, musical porridge. It sustains you. That's a compliment. Musical porridge. Have my 12 points. <laughs> I, I, I'm also going to give it my 12 points. It's it's by far, by far away my favourite song of the night. I think purely because it's quite safe. I think we'll see shortly... Some of the stuff we're going to be listening to is just a little bit too, a little bit too edgy, a little bit too risque. And for me, I think this is my favourite. And uh, I think there's going to be a runaway leader now because this is getting my deuce point as well, or in honour of the bilingual lyrics, my twelve points. <laughs> Fair enough. Right, three of you. That's uh, that's probably the strongest performance we've had for a single song yet. So we'll move on to predictions. So tonight's uh, tonight's five songs placed in the following places. Second in the final, sixth in the final, twelfth in the final, a non-qualifier that finished twelfth in the semi-finals, and a non-qualifier that finished thirteenth. So, where do we think Belgium sits? Did it qualify? I suppose is the first question. I'd say it did. I think out of those, I think it probably came sixth. Although it's my favourite, I do. I you can see songs that will have done better with the voting system at the time. Right. Moving on, then we have. Croatia next. This is Severina with Moja Stikla or Hoi de doi de doi de doi doi. Moja Stikla. 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 Moja
Hoi de doi, that was hoi de doi. Simon, hoi de doi? <laughs> I mean, what is this really? I mean, a woman whose eyebrows are understandably trying to run away from her absolutely massive mouth. <laughs> Badly sings a sea shanty surrounded by allegedly traditional Croatian sailors. At the risk of offending Alex, this song did give me Yoki Papai vibes. And by that, I sort of mean there's a traditional element to it, um, sort of reimagined for a new song. And, and last week, I think we were kind of talking about whether or not it's important to have a cultural link in your song. And this song answers that question, I think, by sort of shouting incoherently at you until you submit. How, how dare you? This is not in the same ballpark as Yoki Papai. This, I think, is a complete contrast to how you can do a song in your native language well i think it's not it's not catchy it's not intense you're not drawn in what it is is it's a little bit like if the uk put some kind of really lackluster morris dancers up for eurovision they are okay yeah traditional croatian sailors and it's not to the heritage but it's quite a lackluster dance it's not a brilliant routine so you're not sort of looking at that going wow yeah really impressive dancers it's not an impressive song she's quite a lackluster singer you know, I might, I might take inspiration here from Strictly Come Dancing's Craig over Hallwood. I think it was stompy, lacklustre, limp. It, well, it wasn't, it wasn't a really a, well, it was a dance disaster. It was a Eurovision disaster for me, darling. <laughs> I, th- I, I think it has redeeming features. I think the, I think the chorus is very memorable. Hoi da doi da doi da doi doi da doi da doi da doi doi. It really is shit, isn't it? I brought up last week my Eurovision trifecta when we were talking about Yoki Papai vibes, right? This uh, can we something... stop bringing up? Can we stop bringing up Yoki Papai amongst his drops, right? I don't want the glorious name of Yoki Papai right. to be smudged by this nonsense. What Yoki Papai did very well was on the cultural side, and this does actually culturally. There's a lot going on. There's a lot to show. Hey, we're Croatia, and we are here. So, okay, fine. That's tick that box. Fine, um, but musically, I don't. I agree with Alex. I don't think it's very catchy. And visually, in terms of the the sailors there, but I feel visually it kind of leans on leans on her legs. Is what she, is what's going on here? She keeps pulling yeah. back the dress to remind you that you know she has legs. Look, you know, don't vote for the song, vote for her legs. Let's move swiftly on to um, Du's points. I, I mean, most of you have used them up, but um, there didn't seem a lot of love in the room for uh, for old Severina there. Uh, so nil points. Any nil points? I'd like to use my nilpo here. For me, this song is summarised by the bit in the middle where she tries to get the crowd to clap along, and they don't. Nilpo from Simon. Where do we think it came? Non-qualifying, 12th. Okay, so you think not the worst, but pretty damn bad. I disagree. I think this is the the absolute worst. I could see it sneaking through um, and perhaps getting that 12th place, you know, the, the worst of the finalists. Moving on, we'll move on to to Russia's entrant this year, global superstar Dima Bilan with Never Let You Go. Never, never let you go. You are the one I'm searching for. Flesh on my flesh, bone on my bone. Love's coming in the door. Never, never let you go. Bring only days we had before. Sun on my soul, blood on my blood. Love's coming in. Right, that was Dima. So, Alex, what do you have to say on this for us? Yeah, a pretty, a pretty strong effort. And again, looking at it through the prism of 2006, I suspect this did very, very well. 
not long ago I mentioned in 2006 the popular pop music at the time was Chico. It does seem like this is the Russian Chico. Nailing the mullet haircut for those not following along. I was going to criticise the mullet, but then four weeks into lockdown, my hairstyle is not actually dissimilar. <laughs> I mean, I look at him and I don't think he could look any more Russian. It's like strong mullet, white vest, jeans. It's a stereotypically Russian look. It's, uh, it's quite something. It is a kind of mulleted Justin Timberlake number as a song. Mm. I didn't understand why have a piano if you're not going to play it. I kind of agree with Minnie. There's not even like a, a token attempt to pretend it's a genuine piano and have him pretending to play it at the start. It's just a piano on stage that never gets played and then someone emerges out of. I did find myself concentrating too much on the look uh, and aesthetics of the song rather than listening to the actual lyrics because, like you say, it's a really strong look, it's a really strong mullet. Then choreography-wise, all his energy that he has for this particular number, half of it's coming out of his mouth when he's singing, the other half of it is finding its way out through his left arm, which flails around like crazy. When I stopped and said, right, stop looking at the choreography, stop looking at the, you know, stop, stop drinking in the aesthetics, start listening to the words, He's obviously talking about love and a romance that he's got. I don't think I would ever describe the flesh on flesh, bone on bone, blood on blood. It's actually of my. So I, I, I wonder if this song is about incest because it's, it's flesh of my flesh, soul of my soul, blood of my blood, bone of my bone. And it's, I, I generally think this is a good song, but um, I did worry about that a little bit. No dues pas, no nil pas. Minnie, where, where did you think this came let me mull it over. I think it probably came second. Yes, okay. second. Wrong. It was when we th- we talk about it, it's of its time. This is so of its time. It's a it's a vested pop song that may be about regular love, maybe about incest love. Vested incest. There you I go. Think it, I think it's best we move swiftly on. Next up tonight, we have uh, Lithuania. This is LT United, who are not a football team, contrary to popular belief. They're in fact a band, and this is their song, We Are the Winners. got a very a, a very straight request there from from lithuania dan did you uh, did you like the request i did like the request phil i'm really pleased that you gave me this one to introduce because uh, i actually really quite like it now we've been in lockdown a few weeks now uh, and people listening to this in the future may have been in lockdown several months or so so i just just want to clarify if you're watching the video and a little confused these men are wearing suits this is what people used to wear to to go to places of work it was a, 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 a means of formal attire <laughs> LT United proclaim <laughs> that they are the winners of Eurovision. And uh, unfortunately, this is a case of dramatic irony because we know that they are not the winners of Eurovision. Uh, <laughs> my favourite part of this, uh, of this act has to be when the stern-faced bald man in a red tie, who has been standing still for one and a half minutes, looking fairly bored, like he's, you know, he's got a meeting to go get on to, and then at about one and a half minutes, he gets up and walks off. He, I've, got, I've got my meeting now, I'm going to have to go. And he goes to the centre of the stage and... <laughs> 
breaks out into a fantastic breakdance. A couple of editions of the podcast ago, you mentioned that if a computer could come up with the perfect Eurovision song, it would come up with Ireland's Irlande goes pa song with Dustin the Turkey. I think this is the spirit of Dustin the Turkey in 2006. I think it's they've clearly gone right. What can we do here to try and you know butter up some votes and try and win this thing? I don't know. If, I think it might even be better than Dustin the Turkey, in so much as it's it it does that kind of weird, the you know the computers spat this out kind of model quite well. It's a it's a bonkers song. It looks like a Lithuanian office trip's gone wrong, and they've sort of stumbled into Eurovision, and the sort of the middle management are going to have a sing song. I, I kind of hated it, but then <laughs> then the still guy did some break dancing. Are we still calling it break dancing? Well, flailing. For, for middle-aged, middle-management Lithuanian male that he is, I think it's actually quite impressive. Towards the end, I got definite Beastie Boy vibes from this song. Okay. If you're going to complain about people using Yoki Papai's name in vain, <laughs> you're not allowed to compare fucking accountant office party Lithuania entry to Beastie Boys. I've never seen the TV show The Office, but I imagine this is the sort of thing that Ricky Gervais would say is funny. The dance that this guy yeah. does is very David Brent. Yeah. But, I mean, the main thing I thought when I saw that was, oh, Agent 47 from the Hitman franchise has let himself go. <laughs> niche, niche reference, Simon. Niche reference of the night. There's two good things about this song. The first is that it's shorter than most Eurovision songs. They don't even use the full three minutes, and for that I'll always basically be grateful. And the second thing is that I now know what Clive from Accounts does on a Thursday night. <laughs> can we can we just flag how impressive it is that they got a violin to sound so closely like an, an electronic guitar? <laughs> it it has been a question that I've wondered. No no country's ever really taken advantage of the fact that they have to use a soundtrack and they could have any old instruments on stage. And maybe I'm doing these guys a disservice. That is absolutely when I was listening to it again, absolutely a guitar solo being played on a violin. Which I, I do find quite funny. I think it's quite funny. It's absolute toilet. This is what Eurovision would sound like if you, you know, you were talking about, oh, let's, you know, this is what the algorithm would come up with if you put Eurovision into a computer and asked to win it. I don't think it is. I think if you distill Donald Trump's Twitter feed down into a Eurovision song, this would be it. It's brash, arrogant. I have a little confession, which I'm now slightly reticent to to admit, but um, this this song is the first song that I ever uh, voted for at Eurovision. This was this was my vote wow. in 2006. That is shameful. Hi, everybody. My name's Phil. Hi, <laughs> Phil. 14-year-old me found a lot of humour in them just straight up asking for your votes and saying, hey, we're the winners. What are anyone's thoughts? No one seemed to adore it. So we'll move straight on to the nilpois. Anyone want to give this their nilpois? I would. I think it's the most obnoxious thing that we're watching this evening which is saying something considering what's coming up. Yeah. So uh, predictions, where do we think? Surely this hasn't qualified. I mean, it's... But Phil just said he voted for it. Oh, he did. I also watched the semi-final back in those days. In which case, we get to the final song of the evening. And on this occasion, we have been graced. Tonight, closing the show, is the one, the only, Sylvia Knight from Iceland and this is her song Congratulations Congratulations I have arrived 
was Sylvia Knight, and she is a, a bejeweled goddess from the lands of Iceland. Headpiece made up to high heaven, costume changes, there's a slide, there's some bursting through some sugar paper. She is showered in gold at one point. She calls God, could you ask for anything more from this song? I don't think so. It's a incredible parody of anything or everything. Is it a parody? I don't know. But, it, I mean, it's it's everything. It's everything you could possibly want. I think this is what both lovers and haters of Eurovision picture when you say Eurovision Song Contest. It's just divine. Uh, Simon, any any thoughts? Let's come to you. Yeah, I think it's a really good parody. Um, it's it's not like Dust in the Turkey. It's not like LT United. It's it's not jarring. I, I genuinely think it's funny. I think it's well staged. It's interesting to watch. And I think it satirises a number of things. It shows its self-awareness in that with things like the guy's costume change, for example. It's crass, but it knows what it is. Uh, and I, I just really enjoy it. Alex, where do you sit? I hated the song. I really did. Which is strange because, you know, I, I appreciate what you both just said. You know, it's divine. It's brilliant. It's, 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 it's how Eurovision satire should be. I said I quite like Lithuania. But then again, I hate this. I think it's embarrassing. Lyrically, what? I don't quite get. Is she Is the line, congratulations, I have a life? Is that what she says? I have arrived. Oh, I she, have arrived. Okay. She is so egotistical that uh, she's congratulating everyone else that she is participating in their tournament. Musically, it's not awful. I think when if, if I wasn't watching the video, I would be questioning whether or not I tuned into the interval and Britney Spears was performing. It's very blonde bubblegum pop. The choreography and the look, I didn't like at all. It's got this weird ice queen imagery. There's so much going on. Like you said, I didn't like the fact that that phone fell out of the candy cane and she called God. I really, I really didn't like that. She, she does this. I think it's a Nazi salute quite a lot during. I, I guess she's probably trying to wave, but someone, someone in her PR team really should have said, mate, that's, that's not okay. No one's mentioned the golden shower. She goes over to the side of the, of the stage where there's another a, a candy cane like the one the phone comes out and she pulls it. A load of gold streamers come down and she says, oh, my God, a golden shower. I, I wonder if in 2006, maybe there is potentially more of a Puritan society. And I wonder how many people got the gag at that stage. Minnie, Minnie, what did you think? I agree with you and Simon. I think it, it is annoying, but well staged. I like that she slides down a shoe. She gives me kind of Bjork on meth vibes. Yeah, it's a Britney Spears song, but done sarcastically. Yeah, Bjork on meth rings a bell. Dan? I, I really don't like this at all. I did write down, I'm sorry, Minnie, to hitchhike on your joke here, but I did I did write down, blimey, Bjork's voice is finally broken. It's, it's really poorly performed. And I don't know, maybe that's the satire. Maybe it's lost on me. Uh, but it's it sounds really bad it, the arrogance is just in your face um and yes there are other acts that do that that i've said i like and and i'm, I'm aware of the hypocrisy there but um and just all that combined with the in your face staging that looks like an eight-year-old girl's bedroom not for me i i don't think you're giving it enough credit for how self-aware it is i think particularly at the end where she's she's sort of saying to the crowd thank you europe thank you for loving me and all you can hear is this cacophony of booze. I just think it's brilliant. I just, I just think it's really funny. 
I've been on Sylvia Knight's Wikipedia page under the section for the Eurovision Song Contest. There yeah. is one paragraph about the song and selection per process, and there are four paragraphs under the subheading, the sub subheading of controversies. Yes. So Sylvia Knight, if you if you haven't picked it up, is a is a persona. She's a she's a character. Uh, she is a Icelandic talk show host, I suppose, very much in the vein of Ali G. So it was a sort of prank show that she she hosted where she interviewed people pretending to be this egotistical, narcissistic, self-obsessed, fame-hungry talk show host. And so she brought her, her act to Eurovision, but she was immersive, I suppose. So she spent her entire time whilst at Eurovision still playing this character. There was one particular piece of controversy which I think probably led to the booing. I did share with the boys, and we will put it on the podcast playlist, a video of her being covered on Greek news. There was a moment where she said something similar to fuck you, fucking retards, but that was misreported as as fucking Greeks, which I think was probably what got the booze in the audience. She also takes every opportunity to abuse her her fellow competitors. And she, she seems to have a real, real vendetta against Corolla from uh, Sweden, who is a second time competitor here. And and Corolla in Sweden, especially, and amongst the Eurovision community is is like a queen. Like they wheeled Corolla out at Eurovision 2016. People love her. And Sylvia Knight calls her ugly fucking old bitch from Sweden. And there's a brilliant bit as well. I haven't managed to find the video of this, but she says that the only reason that Corolla qualified for the grand final was that she was sleeping with the head of the EBU. So, yeah, I mean, I have all the time in the world for this one, but I feel like we, we're maybe going to have some some split decisions here on the on the point scoring. So let's come to do's point. It's our last song of the night. So, Minnie, this must be your do's. I think it's a better satire than the... Uh, Lithuanian entry or Dust in the Turkey. It's just a bit more perceptive and maybe a bit wittier and better staged. And I also like that it brought a bit of controversy to Eurovision and maybe made it more memorable as a result. Lovely. And uh, there's a couple of nilpois still up for grabs. So uh, Dan certainly weren't weren't favourable on this. Yeah, I've I've already said I, I don't like this. And, and perhaps I'm not quite clever enough to see the, the satire that's Aww. here that's covering up a terrible act but a saving grace here perhaps for sylvia knight i discovered a very interesting fact she uh was the voice of elsa in the icelandic version of frozen in character as sylvia knight no whatever her real name is (laughs) let it go you fucking old ugly bitch from sweden alex i think this must be your your nil as well for the night yeah tonight it was tough because there was a few that I really didn't like. Croatia, I, I originally had written, this is going to get my nil poire when I was doing the notes. And then I, I watched Iceland after Croatia and I thought, no, I've got to give this my nil poire. So, and and placings, where do we think it comes? Do we think it makes the final? Yeah, you know, I could see, I had imagined some of the controversy, you know, the reason they're booing is because of the controversy of, of seeing it in the semi-final and it getting through. So I think it's fair to say that Belgium was our favourite of the five. The three of you giving it its uh, dues point certainly puts that top of the table. 
we certainly didn't have a, a strong consensus, but I think the feeling was that Russia and Belgium and, and possibly Iceland had qualified, which would mean Lithuania and Croatia not qualifying. Largely speaking, you guys have been pretty good on the predictions so far. I think there's, there's not been a lot where you've been out. I can't say that you've you've managed this tonight, however. In 13th place in the uh, semi-final, therefore not qualifying for the final, was Iceland. Iceland is the lowest of the pack here. Followed in 12th place in the semi-final by Belgium. This has been our worst podcast in terms of predictions. Our Eurovision radar has been most off. Yes, let's pause and, and reconsider where we all sit on these things. I think we need to pause. I think I think 2006 needs to pause with its music, with it, its its Chico time and its, its LT United. And I think it needs to have a long, hard look at itself, to be honest. In in 12th place was Croatia with hoi de joy de doi de doi doi. In 6th place was Lithuania. Every that, vote that counts, Phil. In. Yeah, that, my fault. Entirely my fault. United Kingdom gave that their 10 points on the night, beaten only by the eventual winners. And in second place was, was Dima Bilan in Russia. He was one of the big favourites coming in. And the eventual competition, and I think what everyone will remember 2006 mostly for, of course, is Lordy and Hard Rock Hallelujah, which were the runaway winners. They were considered very much an outsider coming into the competition with its monster masks and, and hard rock. But um, they won over the audiences. So Finland absolutely stomping to victory. Uh, we will be off to Helsinki next year. However, not on this podcast. No, next year we are, we are jumping back in the DeLorean of Eurovision and going back to Birmingham, England, Eurovision 1998. Colloquially. Collo- how do you say that word? Collo- colloquially. Collo- colloquially. Oh, I've had a drink. Colloquially. Fuck. Hi, everybody. I'm Alex Smith. As part of the Eurovision in Isolation podcast, I'd like to apologise to the Beastie Boys and fans of the Beastie Boys for comparing the Lithuanian Eurovision entry in 2006 to having Beastie Boy vibes. It was an ill-advised comment for that. I'm sorry.